Hello, everyone. This is Rich Sports Talk, Sports Talk Worth a Million. Thank you so much for joining us here today. We have a great feature episode today featuring Melissa Samuskevich, professional women's hockey player who's played at her college career at Quinnipiac University. She's played for Team USA and was the second overall pick in the NWHL draft for the Connecticut Whale. But I wanted to talk to her about one of the biggest storylines in the world of sports over the past few months, which is professional women's ice hockey. We have some of the biggest stars in the world holding out and not playing next year until conditions have improved in the league. Salary has improved until they get better sponsorship. We've seen the Canadian Hockey League fold as well. That was a professional women's league. So this is a very interesting time for this sport. It's a sport that has been growing. It's been a sport that has seen a lot of growth at the youth and college level and has actually shifted now into the professional landscape. And I thought it was very important to get her side of it, why she is not playing this year, and more importantly, where players in this league want the league to go. I mean, they are getting the attention, but I do think it does need more attention, and they are fighting very hard to get what they believe they need to make this league successful for the long term. And they have a long-term plan. I thought it was very important to flesh it out. So without further ado... We're going to get right to the interview with Melissa Samuskevich. Hello, everyone. I'm joined by Melissa Samuskevich. Thank you so much for joining us here today. She's been a member of Quinnipiac University, Team USA, and now recently was drafted by the Connecticut Whale. Melissa, how are you today? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? I am great. Thank you so much. Uh, We've known each other for a couple of years. I've covered your career at Quinnipiac, and you've had an incredible impact on that program, and it's a great story about your impact in that program, being a Connecticut kid and playing for the Connecticut school. So it was definitely fun covering you and watching you play and especially grow as a hockey player over your four years at Quinnipiac. I mean, you've finished your college career now, but you also got a unique opportunity to play for Team USA. What was that experience like? Yeah, um, that was unbelievable. Uh, definitely an unforgettable um, experience for me. Um, I, I've had national team experience before at different levels, U18, U22, but this one in Finland this past April was definitely one to remember. Um, made some great memories, made, like created new friendships, and definitely I learned a ton, so that was sweet. Yeah, and it was great watching you perform uh, after seeing you perform so well at Quinnipiac and making, not only playing for that team, but making an impact at that level and seeing how well Team USA did. Um, We've been talking a little bit about this before the interview, but it's been a big storyline in the sports world about women's hockey in the last couple of months because of some of the biggest names not playing in the professional leagues, but it's gotten a lot of attention, not only on social media and on major networks, but I thought a great person who did a great coverage of the story was actually Katie Nolan on her segment, Always Late on ESPN+. Plus. I thought she did a very good job of describing the Women's Hockey League and how that has been growing over recent years. Uh, but I guess the first question is basically, what is your status for you going into next year? Because for people that don't know, you were actually the second overall pick in the entire draft, and you were selected by the Connecticut Whale. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I've chosen to not play in our North American League. Um, I just kind of believe in, in following in the footsteps of my veterans. Um, and I just think it's, it, it's, one of the, it's the better thing to do for our game as it grows within the next couple of years. And was it a hard decision for you because 
uh, knowing you personally, I know how much you love the game. You're you're you put more work into it than a lot of athletes I've seen. You live and breathe hockey, and you had an opportunity to not only play in a professional league, but play for a team in your home state and really close to home. So it seemed like a perfect opportunity for you. Was it a hard decision for you? And what were some of the things you had to weigh when you made this decision? Yeah, so, I mean, especially coming in the, into the post-grad world as a rookie, um, there's definitely different things. Because we don't, we don't know exactly at the, be- at the beginning of all of it. So um, when, when it all started, we've, we found out when we were at Worlds, when the CWHL folded. Um, and it was kind of, it was kind of like a shell shock for me. Cause I, like I said, I didn't have a lot of knowledge. I was planning on playing somewhere. Um, and then I kind of knew just kind of the, the, the initial day that it happened. I knew that there's going to be something that was going to happen. I didn't know what it was going to be just with the kind of the tempo and the way people were acting at Worlds. Um, it was only for a day though, just cause we kind of had to focus, um, on what we were doing up there. But, uh, yeah, definitely there, those people are like my veterans or who I look up to. So hearing from them and what they had to say and their experiences really kind of resonated with me. Um, so yeah, I mean, playing, obviously like you, you want to play hockey, you want to play games, but at the same time, it's, it's important for us to kind of get the resources and all the other stuff that we need as professional hockey players, you know, um, and just kind of hearing the stories and whatnot. Um, I, I kind of went with what I believed in the most. And listening to a lot of the players, they've made very strong points. And I do think that the message and that the message has gone out there. I think that you guys have been getting a lot of support for this and I've agreed with a lot of how you guys have handled it because you've handled it very well because it is an incredibly difficult situation but the only potential drawback that I could have seen to this just to look at it from both ways because I think you have to look at everything in the full picture when I heard of the CWHL's closure it was very unfortunate because we've both known players from Quinnipiac from the ECAC that have played in that league and it was very hard to see them no longer being able to play in that league. But do you think that there could be any potential drawbacks to this just from the sense that there was a lot of great players that were available from that league to now join the NWHL. And for me covering sports, I think that now the market we've seen people more follow great players and stars necessarily than team and do mm-hmm. you think that the league could maybe just be missing out because there's some great big names now in women's hockey and now that they're not playing that might hurt some of the interest for people that were excited to see these players play yeah um definitely i yeah there's definitely pros and cons to every situation possible um but i think that even though these big names aren't going to be playing in the league, I think that there will be other opportunities for their fans to see them, whether it's through our players association events or even that usually the big, the big name players that you're talking about are people on the national team. And there's opportunities for 
those um play for those fans to see those players on the international stage playing against Canada and different series um and tournaments so I think those opportunities aren't completely lost but I do understand what you're saying um but yeah and that was a really great answer Melissa and I know we discussed this a little bit before the interview as well was we've seen the impact of this short term but for the long-term success, I wanted to get your opinion on what do you think the leagues or potential players should do, and do you see a scenario that would probably be the most beneficial moving forward? Maybe it's NHL teams investing in local teams. Maybe it's a Canadian and U.S. join league. One thing I thought of potentially, which I thought could be fascinating, and I would love your opinion on this if we could get to this point, was if we could get uh, the teams back in Canada and maybe doing a six-team team league, one in the U.S., one in Canada, and one, and the final would be a team from Canada and a team from the U.S. playing each other for the championship. I, could, I thought that could be a fascinating alternative and could it get a lot of intrigue, you know, having USA and Canada teams playing each other. And also with the NHL, because some of your teams, they actually play out of the NHL facilities, um, such as the Boston team, the Boston Pride, and also I believe it's the New York Riveters played out of the right. Prudential Practice Center for the Devils. So I would love to get your opinion on that for moving forward for the league. Yeah, uh, definitely like long-term. Um that's kind of what, why we're in it. Like, we know we're not going to get something sustainable short-term, um, but that's kind of a part of having a union and part, a part of like, fighting for something you believe in um, that's controversial. Um, but, I mean, yeah, the, if the NHL stepped in, that would be awesome. That's, you know what I mean? That's where resources can come from. That's where it's like small things, like clear tape, um, medical staff, uh, coaches, you know, that stay around and, that want to be there and whatnot. Not saying that coaches don't want to be there, but just that are there for a long time um, rather than just seasons uh, on seasons. Um, but yeah, I think that eventually we're, we will get something sustainable, but um, I think we just have to be patient. And as a players association, we have to stick together. And I think we've done a great job at that. And, um, Long-term-wise, if we do that, I think we will conclude with something great. And that's, that's what it's all about, just for the girls growing up, that we don't have, as a, as a little girl, I thought the only thing that we have is the national team, really. Like, and there's only so many spots for that team. Um, and I'm very fortunate to have made that team thus far. But um, we don't have, like, a like – a, we didn't have a professional team growing up that I was like, oh, wow, I want to play in the – the NWHL or you know what I mean the whatever um and now we do have that but it's just not sustainable and we think it can be better uh with the help from other people so um yeah I think long term that can happen but we just kind of keep going at it and I'm really happy you brought up the players union because that segues into my next question and one thing I have noticed about this is that your league's and the players, they have an idea of what they want long-term. And I do think you have realistic goals and that you do have a plan going forward. Because we've seen a lot of upstart leagues. And I think a great example was the 
Alliance of American Football this year was they had an idea that they wanted to start a football league, and it folded before even the first season. And even the NWHL has now had a couple seasons of growth under their belt. But to me, one of the biggest developments for the women's game was getting a players' union, which you now have created. What has that experience been like working with the players' union, and how important was getting this done for you and future players? Yeah, um, so far the experience has been awesome. Um, since I'm, like I said, I'm a rookie, I don't really know a ton coming into it, but we've been very organized and our veterans have done tremendous work. Um, so it's it's kind of easy to follow in their footsteps and it's easy to understand what we're fighting for and all that. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's awesome because I get to learn from them too. It's not just oh, I'm a rookie, okay, I do what they say. It's, I get different, we get to hear different sides of things and whatnot, and I don't know, it's just, it's an awesome process. It's really cool. I've never been a part of something like this. Um, I respect it. It just, it blows my mind with how much, how much these girls, like, work for it, and they understand, they have so much knowledge about what they, what we want, what we need, and what's realistic and what's not, um, and it's, it's so cool, like, it, just overall, the experience has been awesome. It's great. And for people that may not have seen a women's game or heard of these professional leagues before, maybe hearing this podcast or that are new to it, um, they might not understand the game. And I, I know it's very hard to get people to view new things, but I will tell you personally, one thing I love about the women's game is there's, to me, a greater reward on skill play. So you see players with more skills like better stick handling they seem to get rewarded and you also have a better flow and pace to the game which i really enjoy watching i think your game is faster i think the pace flows more there's not as much stops and startages uh as sometimes some of the men's games but for someone that hasn't seen a, a game what would be why do you think that they should watch your games and what is appealing about watching a women's game because i do think one of the most exciting games i've seen in a long time was the gold medal uh shootout game with team usa that was three in the morning but it was a fantastic <laughs> finish it was yeah. one of the best hockey games i'd seen in a long time yeah definitely um yeah i think for someone who hasn't seen a women's game um it's it's cool because you know, women's sports in every single column of of the sports, it they, it's always kind of just one step down, a couple steps down from a societal perspective. Um, but yeah, I think our game brings so many different things that a men's game would. But at the same time, we do have similarities as well, of course, because it's hockey. Um, but yeah, I agree with you 100%. I think the skill work gets highlighted so much like for example um if you look at the nhl all-star weekend brianna decker and her uh the passing sequence uh challenge she killed it just completely killed it and that was it was so cool because like to me like we see that all the time we're like oh yeah she's gonna do great at this but to, for the world to see that it was awesome um yeah i i don't know i think some people you know like fans love the big blow up hits and we don't have big blow-up hits that often. Um, but we do still play physical, you know, like, especially in those international games. It's Canada-US. Um, it, it gets pretty physical down there. I mean, sometimes 
front of the net, there's some scrums where punches are thrown. And I think when people see that, when people see women doing that, um, they get all riled up about it. But hopefully one day it's just a norm. You know what I mean? Um, just from a fan base perspective. Uh, because th- that's how we play. We play tough. And for, if the world do that, I think we would have more fans. Um, but maybe one day, you know? And you're right about the international. Like, to me... And I said this on an episode I did about a year ago following the Olympics. I said, if you really look at it, there might not have been a better rivalry in sports over the past two decades than Team Canada versus Team USA for women's hockey. That rivalry was fantastic. The storylines, the games that you got to see. I mean, to me, I was thinking of a rivalry that's lasted that long and has that been that competitive. And you can really feel the energy in that building when those two teams play each other and before you go uh just the final question that i wanted to ask you was uh we've seen a lot of growth and the big thing about women's high right now is the continued growth and the long-term growth and i've seen significant growth not only at the quality of uh, play at the college level and i think you can agree with that but I mean, years ago, if you were to tell me when I was a kid growing up that there was going to be a professional women's hockey league, I I wouldn't have believed it because at the time I was growing up playing here in Connecticut, I could only remember really one women's team, and I believe it was the Connecticut Polar Bears at the time. I might have missaid the team name, but now I see multiple programs. I'm seeing the growth, and really I'm seeing bigger interest at the youth level in women's hockey, which I think is great. Uh, can you just talk about growing up, like how you've seen this game grow in the community? And more importantly, where do you see this league and potentially just women's hockey in general growing over the next five to ten years? Yeah. Um, growing up, I played on a boys team until eighth grade, and then I went to Shag St. Mary's and played girls hockey for four years there. So youth hockey, I didn't really play. The only time I got to play with girls was when I had to um, try out for, like, my regional camps to go to national camp and whatnot. And that was always so much fun. Um, But the level of play wasn't the same, uh, boys versus girls. Um, But now, and and there weren't as many places to play. It was just kind of one team, uh, you know. And I had friends on all those teams that were girls, but I don't know, I just felt like playing boys was the best route for me. Um, but now I see girls in the rinks everywhere in Connecticut. It's crazy. I, it, I see, like, the same amount of girls as boys. I go to skate. I went to skate today at a rink, and there was, I was in there early in the morning. I came back in the locker room. The girl, the, it was filled with girls hockey players, young. They are like, in high school um, and in middle school. But it's still, it's, it's awesome to see the growth so far that the game has kind of pulled through. And... Um, I think that it's not going to stop, especially if we get a sustainable league that has resources and that girls can uh, get to reach their goals and look up to that as a goal in in their head after college hockey, if they want to play college hockey. Um, but yeah, I, I think that comes from us too, you know, um, we're, we're the people that they look up to. And if we fight for something like this, I think great things can happen. Well, thank you very much for joining us, and we definitely will be keeping in contact with you as the NWHL 
season and basically with where the players stand are moving forward because to me this is a great topic to talk about and it's an important topic to talk about and you have such a great uh you have a great uh vision about you seeing everything in the big picture and being able to uh not only talk about the game itself but also about the issue so i really am happy that you came on today so thank you once again melissa for coming on and we look forward to hearing from you in the future yeah thank you for having me appreciate it wanted to thank melissa one more time for coming on the show today we are going to continue following her story and of course the story of professional women's hockey moving forward this is a big storyline in the world sports and something that really means a lot to me. I think this is a great league. This is a great story. And if you've met these women like I have personally, you can tell how passionate they are, not only about the game, but seeing the growth of their game. This is incredibly important for them, and this is something that they have been working very hard for. So we will update you as this progresses. But that's going to do it for this episode of Rich Sports Talk. Once again, you can catch us on any streaming uh, podcasting service such as SoundCloud, TuneIn, Spreaker, Apple, iTunes Podcasts, Spotify. We are on everything. Wherever podcasts are available, check out our YouTube channel. And, of course, social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all searching under the name Rich Sports Talk. But that's going to do it for this episode. Once again, thank you for joining us here today. And until next time, I'm Nolan Rich, and this is Rich Sports Talk.